0: If you look at a box, a square box, and you tell people that you have to fit into this box, only the square people will fit into this box. But we're all of us are not just squares, we're triangles, we're stars, we're moons, we're whatever. But in order to fit into that box, you have to cut off some elements for it to go through the hole. But that often tends to be the creativity, it will be the personality, it will be the quirkiness that defines them as the human being they are.
1: Welcome to Archipelago, a podcast about arts, culture and ideas in Denmark. I'm your host, James Klasper, And in this episode, I look at ways of helping what's been termed the unexotic underclass. Single mothers, veterans, people struggling to find work. In particular, this episode is about a pair of Danish companies they have developed creative ways to employ people who don't always find it easy to pick up work. Later on, we'll meet a florist that hires and trains people who are among the most invisible members of any society or labour market. Refugee women. But first, we're going to hang out with people like us. We're here to
0: start a social revolution by beer. By that, we mean to brew great craft beer to create jobs for people from socially marginalized groups and to try to challenge societal conceptions of communities and normality.
1: That's Alberta Janneke, the head of press, social media and communications at People Like Us. Founded in Copenhagen in 2016 with support from Danish beer giant Mikkele, People Like Us is a brewing company run by people who have been diagnosed with, among other things, autism, Asperger's syndrome, social anxiety PTSD and ADHD, or what Alberta describes as...
0: Letters and numbers on a paper that in a society often defines you as either being sick or having a condition or having a handicap or so.
1: The problem, she says, is that society tends to stereotype people with a particular diagnosis. Autistic people, for example, tend to be equated with The Rain Man, the title character of the 1988 Hollywood movie starring Dustin Hoffman. Socially awkward, but endowed with an incredible memory for facts, figures and baseball scores. People diagnosed with ADHD, Alberta says, are widely seen as easily addicted, unable to focus on anything, and in and out of jobs or prison.
0: And if that is your understanding of the people who in a few minutes will enter your shop, then I understand that you might be a little concerned or worried or or suspicious about it.
1: And it's precisely this type of fear or suspicion that people like us tries to dispel, not least because it all too easily leads to people with diagnoses being marginalised from the job market.
0: If you focus on autism alone, it's in between 60 and 80% of people with autism who is outside the labour market in Denmark. It's not because people don't want to work. Uh, Of course, there are some people who are not able to work. And you should not force them into it. But there are a lot of people with the potential to be a part of the labour market if we dare to challenge the structures of the labour market and the conceptions of what defines a real job, what defines the proper working hours, what defines your identity as an employee.
1: People Like Us has a number of ways of challenging stereotypes, about people with diagnoses like autism or ADHD. First, of course, it lets its products do the talking. Indeed, the beers it develops, and their labels in particular, try to challenge people's perceptions and trigger conversations about different diagnoses and the associated stereotypes. Take one of its most popular brews, an American IPA called Unpuzzled Infinity. Conceived by the company's identity developer, Simon Vesterer. The beer confronts what the company sees as an outdated symbol for autism.
0: The puzzle brick is often the logo attached to the understanding of autism, often used in the branding of autism awareness things, Uh, meaning that autism is a puzzle to be solved. And to Simon, that's bogus, uh, because he's like, I'm not a problem to be solved. I'm, I'm, it's, it's the perception of why I should be that, that is the problem.
1: People Like Ours also seeks to raise its profile by collaborating with well-known breweries and also by participating in beer festivals. Which made me curious, how do people react when they hear about a brewing company run by people with autism and ADHD?
0: Initially, the reaction has been very like the head to the shoulder. Oh, that's very nice. That's very sympathetic. And the word sympathetic has, in our opinion, got a quite negative uh, sound to it in the sense that it is often defining uh, that you are doing a job to take care of people who are less capable of being a part of this world than you are.
1: Alberta, however, explains that people like us often upends people's expectations of it. Consider what happened a few years ago, when some of her colleagues took part in a local beer festival.
0: They were telling about people like us, and then they came to the area of, yeah, it's people uh, from socially marginalized groups, and it could be uh, autistics. And there's a guy just instantly like, oh, where are they? Like, where, where are you hiding them, basically? Um, as if they were like dogs that have hit under the table or something like that. And uh, Ronnie, one of my colleagues, were like, Well, I'm one of them. And the instant reply from this guy was like pointing at a bowl of peanuts and being like, How many peanuts is in that bowl?
1: It was a classic case of stereotyping. But what could have been an ugly moment was precisely the kind of opportunity that people like us embraces.
0: What we really like is this person who asked how many peanuts are in that bowl would not have known that Ronnie had autism or was autistic um, if it wasn't because we told him. And that means that we have we succeeded in creating the right framework where people could be a part of it just as they were and where it was hard for people from the outside to differ who's mad and who's not. And that is, that is the thing. A lot of people think that people with diagnosis are mad.
1: As it happens, Alberta herself has a diagnosis one that she made me aware of during the course of our interview.
0: If it's okay, then I can feel I need a, uh, I have ADHD myself, so I can feel I don't have any medication in my blood anymore. So okay. I just need to take a pill and then my focus would be back.
1: <laughs> and when Alberta returned, I asked her to explain what defines the People Like Us approach to employment. And she began by describing how most companies tend to hire people.
0: You have a certain job description, and then you'll have to find a person who would be able to fulfill that job. Um, In People Like Us, we turn the entire HR strategy uh, the opposite way around. So we find a person or we get contacted by a person, which we then look at and see which talents do you have, which potentials do you have? um, And how can we turn that into a job, if not within our company, then in other
1: companies? Indeed, as well as hiring people to work in its brewing business, People Like Ours outsources jobs to other companies, including the Danish brewing giant Mikkela. Interestingly, People Like Ours seems to take something of a long view in its thinking about jobs. Alberta explains that while the Danish labour market might not be as productive as those in Eastern Europe, say, or in China, Denmark can compete on innovation. With one caveat.
0: We need to create space for innovation. And that's what we're trying to do with creating these kind of jobs of thinking outside the box, of saying, you have a talent that the society just haven't figured out how to put into a box yet. So let's expand the understanding of what would then define a job.
1: And that leads on to my favourite thing that Alberta says. It's a description of how institutions and organisations expect us to conform and what happens to us as a result.
0: If you look at a box, and it's a square box... And you tell people that you have to fit into this box. Only the square people will fit into this box. But we're all of us are not just squares, we're triangles, we're stars, we're moons, we're whatever. But in order to fit into that box, you have to cut off some elements for it to go through the hole. But that often tends to be the creativity, it will be the personality, it will be the quirkiness that defines them as the human being they are in order to conform to the norm of being a good citizen or being the right employee or fitting into this job description.
1: That kind of cookie-cutter thinking about people and their potential is what People Like Us is trying to challenge. Though this makes perfect sense to me, I initially struggled to understand how people like us did things differently, which is when Alberta said this.
0: We have a brewery dancer named Bjarke.
1: That's right. Just like the Happy Mondays and the Mighty Mighty Boss People Like Us has its very own dancer. Take a bow, Bjarke Östergård.
0: Bjarke is a guy we've known for quite some years. Uh, He's autistic and has ADHD uh, and has had quite a tough background. So... Uh, the the system has been quite resistant to what do we do with him and I've basically given up on him.
1: Alberto says Bjarke is good at three things. Doing calculations with six-digit numbers, proofreading and ballroom dancing. And of the three, ballroom dancing may be what he's best at. In fact, he once came second in the Danish national championships.
0: So we were like, how can we combine this uh, talent dancing with our company. We sat there in a group and we really had to think about it for a second because we are like, mmm, a brewery and dancing until someone just suggested maybe we should develop a dance beer series.
1: And so was born the People Like Us range of beers based on 10 Latin dancers. There's the Cha-Cha Cherry, a New England-style pale ale brewed with, you've guessed it, cherries, and the Mango Tango, a thirst-quenching Berliner Weisser, made with yep mango and Bjarke's role well Bianca choreographs a dance for each beer of course and shoots promotional videos if all this sounds a little loopy there's method in the madness
0: if you put on the more uh, conservative glasses is that Bjarke is doing marketing for a beer but if we told Bjarke initially that he had to do marketing, he would be like, why should I do that? That's none of my interest. But because he can get to do it through his dancing and he feel like his talent can be an asset and he can contribute to something, then there it's purpose-driven. Then it's it's meaningful and it's fun. And that is how to get a guy like Bjarke into doing something and being a part of the community.
1: I wanted to speak to someone who had had their life turned around after starting to work for people like us. And so Alberta introduced me to Rune Lindgren. He too has an unorthodox title.
2: I call myself, uh, in, my, in my email, it's, it says uh, product developer and brewer-ish because it fits. I mean, I, I, I've brewed a lot of beers, but as a home brewer. Rune also represents the company
1: at beer festivals and tasting events. But I found him one morning at a brewery in northern Copenhagen producing a new milkshake IPA in collaboration with the British brewery Northern Monk.
2: i not sure, it's definitely not huge uh, It's not over no. Yeah. <laughs> I actually wanted to add a little more, but...
1: Later, he sat down to tell me his story and began by describing what it felt like to be diagnosed with Asperger's, not long after falling apart following a breakup with his long-term
2: girlfriend. At that time, I didn't have a diagnosis yet, but still something was pretty, uh, unpleasant to put it mildly. Uh, I couldn't sleep and everything. So I got the, 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 diagnosis Asperger's syndrome, uh, and it made a lot of sense. Actually, I couldn't really get the, the, the pieces to fit because I'm, uh, yeah, well, I'm not a stupid guy. I, I have educations. I'm, you know, fairly driven, I would say, but I couldn't make things, uh, they, they didn't make sense in a way. I couldn't really find the, the right uh, shelf to, to put myself on. Runa now works part-time
1: for people like us and develops beer recipes for the company. They asked Runa how
2: his role had changed him. I wouldn't say that it had, has changed me, but it had made me maybe, uh, to be poetic, blossom a little more or fill out my character a little more. Or I'm not sure exactly how to put it. Runa
1: also told me he felt people like us was his thing, so to speak, and that he was proud to be part of a team.
2: Above all, he says it gave him a strong sense of identity. Whenever you meet somebody, one of the first questions is almost always, what do you do? And if you don't do, like, well, anything, if you don't earn your... Actually, what people are asking you is, how do you make your money? Which is a kind of a rude question. Um, and I, I really don't want to be, a, and I don't see myself as a victim in any way, so... If I if I say well I'm on on welfare benefits then people are gonna have uh, many people will have a certain image already uh, or have a, made a judgment about what kind of character I, I am and that's not to my benefit. I also got the impression that
1: Runa takes immense pride in his work. For him, people like us is first and foremost
2: about brewing high quality beer. I could fear in the beginning that that if we uh, approached. Some, some brewery and ask them to do a collaboration or if they would, would be interested in that, that they would see it as a social cause only. Uh, and that would, I would have a big problem with that because uh, for me it's very important that it's still uh, craft beer at the highest level. Uh, otherwise I wouldn't, yeah, otherwise I would be a victim actually in my opinion.
1: No one who works at people like us likes the victim label. However, as I soon discover, one member of the team carries both physical and psychological wounds. I have PTSD and I also have an injury in my back um, from uh, an explosion. That's production and logistics manager Jon Nielsen. In August 2007, at the age of 20, Jon joined the Danish Armed Forces. A year later, he was deployed to Afghanistan, where he was engaged in what's called force protection, protecting soldiers, convoys resupplying bases, VIPs, and so on. The job required him to spend most of his time in an armored personnel carrier, which is what he was in when his life changed forever. Long story short, let's just to, uh, stop dancing around it. Um, we lost three guys.
3: Um, they had an ID. Uh, I was in front of them, in the vehicle in front of them. So we actually just passed that ID, apparently. There's this uh, hatch that you open up. Um, to be in the tower of the uh, armored uh, personal carrier. Um, and I was sort of sitting a little bit on that hatch uh, to get a better overview. And when the uh, vehicle behind us uh, hit the IED, um there was a very big bomb. It's like 25 kilos or something. The the hatch has a, a little bit of um, wiggle room, <laughs> I guess you could call it. Uh, you do log it, um, but it still moves a little bit. And I guess that movement um, is was enough uh, to, to hit my back because the the injuries I have uh, is consistent
1: with the size of the hatch. At first, Jan wasn't aware of the damage to his back. Having buried his fallen comrades back home in Denmark, he returned to Afghanistan to complete his tour of duty. It wasn't until he returned to Denmark for training and went on foot patrol with a fully loaded backpack that he discovered that something was seriously wrong. My back was completely smashed. Uh, I couldn't stand up, more or less. Um,
3: and that resulted in a lot of pain. Uh, I think I had, like, chronic pain for a couple of years. Uh, I woke up every night, like, eight to ten times, because uh, I couldn't sleep. There was a lot of pain. I had to move around all the time. Um, it's still there, a bit, or well, a lot, actually. But uh, I
1: guess i gotten used to it. Yon says that things spiraled out of control when his physical injury manifested itself. The doctor from my uh, regiment
3: called me. Uh, I was at home on sick leave. And he called me and said, okay, you have these injuries and they're permanent. We can't do anything. Um, you should probably not expect to do anything physical in your, the rest of your life. Bye-bye. <laughs> so that was sort of the, the call I got from him. And that's when everything just crashed for me. Uh, the film broke, as we say.
1: As well as that harsh medical assessment, came a diagnosis of PTSD, post-traumatic stress disorder. Jon says that every case of PTSD is different. In his case, however, it included a loss of joy and the desire to bury himself in the ground and not do anything. For much of the next decade, Jon drifted in and out of work and education, but nothing quite gelled for him, it seems. And ultimately, Jon was forever looking to do something as altruistic as joining the armed forces back in 2007. That was because I wanted to help people. Uh, Because during my
3: time in the military, we heard about what happened in Afghanistan, the way that women and children were treated uh, by the Taliban. And I wanted to do a difference
1: to make their lives better. Eventually, he saw a Facebook post about people like us and its brand new War Veterans Project, a way to help create awareness of the difficulty that many ex-soldiers have getting into the job market especially those with physical injuries or who have been diagnosed with PTSD. One thing led to another, and, well, today, Jorn is the company's production and logistics manager, responsible for picking up and delivering the company's beers. He's also the ambassador for the War Veterans Project. That
3: was the first time since the army that I actually felt the same fire um, for for a job. Um, That just really made sense because I could help people.
1: The project's flagship beer is a dry-hopped German-style Pilsner called 364. Because while the country celebrates war veterans on one day a year, people like us wants to recognize that they're war veterans with all that that entails on the other 364 days of the year. Simply put, the more of it that's sold, the more war veterans people like us can hire. Why is that good? Well, it's because... Uh... The way that we work here is that we try
3: to focus on the individual's um, preferences and how they work best in the job. So it's not they don't need to fill out these specific boxes. Um, they need to do something that they actually like and care for. Um, and we find that as an, I see it as a better value that they have a work community, um, something to get up
1: uh, for in the morning. Our better people like us as communications guru, also makes an important point about the role of community
0: some veterans come back struggling with isolation or struggling with PhD and in general, just struggling to get back into a new community because they've been used to a certain community, but now they're leaving that community. And And how do you then transfer those skills into uh, something usable for another kind of labor market, uh, but also a labor market that accepts that you might have some days that are better than others.
3: If I, for example, have a pretty bad day, um, it's okay for me to say that to, to my boss that I'm not coming to work today and it's not a sick day I need to use for it. That's just the way it is here. It's fine, then I just go home um, and it's accepted. Uh, and I think that's the the most important thing, I guess, is the acceptance of
1: the individual's situation. And he too is in no doubt that people like us has changed his life it makes me happy so it's a good thing <laughs> and
3: therefore it's really important uh and if i can make this happen to others um if i can get others to feel the same joy and about going to work um get a, a, a meaning in their life or yeah, uh, get that flame back well then it's all worth it
1: Community in the broader sense matters to people like us too. Last year, it opened a bottle shop in southern Copenhagen. But with its eclectic events calendar, including salsa and backgammon nights, it's a bottle shop with a difference.
0: We wanted to have a location, both where people, whenever they ask, where can I get your beer, they would actually be able to get our beers. Uh, But also because we wanted to create a hub for meeting, like a community generator basically, Once a month we have knitwear and craft beer where we'll have people meeting up for knitting classes and drinking craft beer and meeting people they most likely wouldn't have met before because they probably wouldn't be knitting enthusiasts and beer geeks hanging out if they weren't forced to do that. Uh, Because we believe it is when people meet each other and it is in a curious conversation that you can make an impact and challenge some of the preconceptions or the norms of the, whatever you would call it, of how we define each other.
1: That was Alberta Janneke of People Like Us. You can find their beer for sale all over the world now. Check their website for details. And they'll also be at the Mikla Beer Celebration Copenhagen, which takes place in the Danish capital on the 10th to the 12th of May. Coming up, we're heading to Fredericksburg to talk flowers and refugees. But first this. Hi, I'm Peter Stannis, and I'm the host of The Danish Debate, another podcast on Mother Tongue Media. I'm taking a deep dive into Danish society and politics ahead of the upcoming general election. We're talking climate, the media, immigration, and so much more. Find The Danish Debate on your favourite podcast app. Now back to Archipelago. It's two o'clock on a weekday afternoon in early spring, and in a basement in Fredericksburg, a well-to-do corner of Copenhagen, five young women are putting together bouquets of flowers. Roses, tulips and stargazer lilies. They're assembling eclectic-looking bunches and packaging them for delivery by cargo bike across the city. They're laughing a lot too and speaking Danish, even though it's not their native tongue. And that's because three of the women came to Denmark as refugees, one from Eritrea, one from Syria, and one from Kosovo. Welcome to the very global headquarters of Bike & Bloom.
4: Bike & Bloom is a social enterprise that hires refugee women and trains them as florists. Our main goal is to get more women, more refugee women into
1: jobs. That's Velina Anderson, Director of Integration at Bike in & Bloom. They currently employ four women from three different countries, two from Eritrea, one from Kosovo, and one from Syria.
4: We make about 400 bouquets Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and sell them from a cargo bike and um, 10 ambassador shops around Copenhagen.
1: In addition to their weekly bouquets, Bike & Bloom provides flowers for offices and weddings, as well as holiday wreaths. It was founded in 2017 by designer Benedicta Mortensen, with Velina joining soon after.
4: When we started Bike and Bloom two years ago, there were about 11% of refugee women in jobs after staying in Denmark for two years, whereas the number for men was 43%. And now those numbers two years later are a little bit higher but only by a few percentage points.
1: Velina is originally from Bulgaria, but went to university in America and then in Denmark, where she took a masters in advanced migration studies. That was in 2014, just as larger and larger numbers of migrants were beginning to arrive in the European Union, traveling across the Mediterranean Sea or overland through Southeast Europe. And Velina said she became interested in addressing the challenges coming Europe's way and asking important questions, such as how we accommodate and integrate migrants. And as well as having a sociological understanding of the obstacles refugees face, she found it difficult as an outsider to break into the Danish labour market, even with a masters.
4: I found myself in the, I would say, typical position of a recent graduate um, that didn't speak the local language, you know, unemployed and sending... Tons of applications. My passion was really to work directly with migrants and be more present in, you know, their their work and what they're going through or what they're experiencing.
1: In that respect, Velina is sceptical of what you might call the Danish integration curriculum.
4: Basically, teach people how to bike and teach them about various different cultural components. Um, But it's very much a classroom setting where you have classes in how to be a part of Danish culture, and how to get a job in Denmark. And I mean, I didn't find that to be effective in my own experience. And, you know, I had a Master's degree and spoke three languages, and I, you know, was still unemployed at the end of the day. So I thought, how can we really uh, help refugees into jobs, or what what would be some effective tools that would be helpful in their experience?
1: To that end, Bike and Bloom provides an invaluable setting for teaching refugees about Danish culture,
4: and not just the the traditions. But just Danish work culture, you know. What's important in a work type setting? You know, they're able to learn that through their work here rather than sitting in an integration course in a classroom, writing down notes about what Danes expect at the workplace.
1: Bike Bloom works with local municipalities and the Danish Refugee Council to find applicants. They begin with one to two month internships. Which become part time jobs if both the woman and the company find it to be a good match. And this, says Valina, is usually an invaluable foothold on the Danish employment ladder.
4: You're trying to find your first job with limited skills and not much experience uh, to show for formally on a CV. Um, And of course, even if you have had jobs back in the country where you come from, it's very hard to to call and get a reference or figuring out figure out how that job translates into um, you know what we know in Denmark. You know, bike and Bloom is a really good way to, to go around the system because you don't need any formal training with flowers or previous experience.
1: There's also the importance of giving refugees financial independence. Getting
4: a paid job is a very important part of integration because you kind of gain this confidence and economic stability and independence. Um, and that means a lot, especially when you have a family. A lot of them also don't want to be seen as you know, victims in any way or as the face of refugee women. They just see their family as a very normal family. You know, their kids go to school and they go to work.
1: Refugees face many obstacles, including social isolation. But as Valino explains...
4: The main thing really is the language barrier.
1: And it's here that Bike and Bloom really makes a difference. It's clearly a fun and sociable workplace. All of the women face each other in the small basement workshop with dozens of different flowers spread out on tabletops in front of them.
4: They learn how to make um, bouquets. While they make the bouquets, they also chat about this and that and their day and all kinds of anecdotes and stories. And it's a really good way to advance your language.
1: That's not all. Turns out flowers are a good medium for people trying to learn a new language.
4: You know, it's a visual tool. <laughs> so you can, of course, show how something is supposed to look. What was this flower called? Or what is that thing you used to cut the string? And yeah, it's a good way to, to get new vocabulary, but also to sort of practice the language in a safe space.
1: I caught up with two of Biken Bloom's industrious florists, I spoke to Lydia, who's originally from Eritrea and has lived in Denmark for four years, and then to her colleague Flonita, originally from Kosovo. She's lived in Denmark for eight years and is married with three children. I asked them, in my own dreadful Danish, what their favorite flower is. As I say, my Danish isn't great. But the gist of it is that Lydia loves roses, and Flanita, well, Flanita's being very diplomatic and saying she loves all flowers equally. But never mind the language skills, what about the flowers? A far cry from the boring bunches you typically find at florists, Bikenbloom's weekly bouquets are wild, quirky, fun. Still, Valina says their employees were initially a little unsure about what the job entailed. They
4: were all quiet you know not not really certain with what is what is this <laughs> job here you know I've never really done I've never really made a bouquet before and the first thing is after a couple of months here now they're you know pro <laughs> florist they make such beautiful bouquets and really pick up on the style and the color combinations but I think what really you know, makes us happy to do this job is that we also see them creating a community, and maybe it's it's a bit of a cliche thing to say, but you can actually see that they are becoming friends.
1: Indeed, when I visited Bike and Bloom, the women had just enjoyed lunch together.
4: One day they eat rye bread with uh, tuna salad, and then the next. Uh, Somebody brings injera with, you know, chili sauce. It's really great to see everybody coming together and getting along in this situation that we're all <laughs> placed in.
1: And that was Valina Anderson, director of integration at Social Enterprise Bike and Bloom, which, like people like us, is working hard to challenge cultural stereotypes and societal expectations to provide opportunities to individuals often excluded from the labour market, and to stop them being depicted as victims. You can pick up bouquets from Bike & Bloom's Cargo Bike on the corner of Vesterbrogel and Verndamswey, from its new shop in Christianshavn, or from one of their ten ambassador shops dotted around town. And that's all we've got time for. You've been listening to Archipelago, a podcast about arts, culture and ideas in Denmark. This episode was written, produced and hosted by me, James Clasper, for Mother Tongue Media, a brand new home for English language podcasts in Denmark. Visit mothertongue.dk to find out more. The music is by two local artists, Squares and Triangles and Scenery. You can find links to their music on our homepage, archipelago.mothertongue.dk. If you like this episode, take a minute to rate us or review us on Apple Podcasts, or better yet, share it with your friends.